Welcome to the Unbecoming Podcast, where you can join me, Stephanie Baranowski, in an authentic, personal perspective of my expat journey and my many travel adventures. Grab a beverage of your choice, set yourself up in a cozy environment, and be prepared to be inspired. Each episode, I open up my personal narrative of what it's like to unbecome everything you once were in order to become everything you were meant to be. Let's dive in, head first, eyes closed, and a strong cup of faith. May 1st, 2023, I get on a train and I leave for Whitby. That's Whitby, England, not Whitby, Canada, those of you Canadians listening. Although we do have a a Whitby in Ontario, Canada. No, this is Whitby, England. This is um, a small harbor town on the northeast side of England. And it's where the majority of my family is from on um, my dad's side of the family, from my grandmother's side. And I've known about this place for a long time. So I grew up, um, at least on my dad's side of the family, I grew up listening to stories about my family my whole life and all the places I've never seen but have heard of lots And this is one of those places I've heard lots about, including the famous Whitby Abbey and the famous story of Dracula and how Dracula was inspired, the story of Dracula was inspired by the town of Whitby climbing up the 199 steps all the way up to the Abbey. So this place is pretty special. This is where a huge history a family history of mine comes from. And going to this place has been on my radar, on my goals list from the moment that I heard about it, probably when I was about, I want to say I was about 10 years old when I really, when I heard about the story and really understood and, and could value the story that was being told to me. And I remember being a kid and doing this school project. So we had to do, I don't even remember what the school project was on, but I do remember that I had such a good time making this project with my dad. And we made a 3D version of the landscape of Whitby and the, where it is by the sea and the grounds and the Whitby Abbey and all the stairs that go up. And again, I don't remember what this specific project was on. All I remember is I think it was grade seven and I did this project with my dad and I had so much fun. I ended up getting a really good grade on it because it was really well done. My teacher was impressed by it. And ever since then, ever since I've known about this place, I've wanted to visit I also have really wanted to visit specifically to dive in to really understand my heritage, my genetics, where my family is from, um, also where my grandmother is is buried and my great-grandparents, and knowing more about myself through the stories and, and really seeing in person what it was to live there and grow up there. And so I made this trip to England actually specifically for that particular journey. 
And it's ironic because it took me almost a year before I got to that point of taking this adventure to Whitby. The whole time I've lived in in England, in London, I had made plans and made, you know, kind of loose idea of when I wanted to go, but it never fell through because either family was sick or the trains were on strike or it was too cold or there was something that always got in the way of going to Whitby. And it wasn't until May 1st when I actually got the chance to jump on the train and go. But boy, was that even an adventure to go. Definitely was not an easy adventure to get this to this small, small town that I've been wanting to go to ever since I was eight years old. Always an adventure, right? But I, the way I look at it is, if it's too easy, you're not going to learn from anything. You're not going to learn. You're not going to value it. You're not going to remember it. It's in those moments of challenges, of obstacles, of hurdles that you have to go through is when you really get to know yourself, you really understand who you are, and you really start to learn. So this obstacle, all these obstacles I had to get through in order to get to this point, aka moving to London, or at least making my way to England in some sort of way, shape, or form, then booking the train ticket. And by the way, it is five hours from London to Whitby. It is not a short journey. It's actually quite a long journey and it's not an inexpensive one. If you travel from country to country within Europe, you can get around pretty inexpensive. Flights are pretty inexpensive if you catch them in the off season. However, when you're traveling within England, it is pretty expensive. So I booked my plane ticket, I set aside money, or sorry, my train ticket, I set aside money for this journey. This was, has been on my list. It was a no-brainer. I contacted my family that still lives there, and I said, I really have to do this. This this is one of the biggest goals that I have. I not only have to see, you know, where I'm from and visit family and see my grandmother's grave, but this is an adventure to dive into, to even understand history, the history of England and the history of, of my family and history. I'm a history buff. The history is my major in my second degree. I am in love with storytelling and learning more and learning more about culture and the past and my upbringing and the more you learn, the more you better understand the world around you. So there's this uh, internal natural curiosity about me as well. So I booked this plane ticket, or this train ticket. I don't know why I keep saying plane ticket, but I booked this train ticket. It was a train. And I get on the train. I had no idea the journey I was on. I knew I was taking this on a night journey. But I did not think that I would get into the adventure that I did. So I take the first two trains. Great. I got some really amazing photos in. I got some really amazing chill time in. And then when I got off my second train, it didn't even occur to me that I wasn't allowed to stay in the train station to wait for my next train because it was quite late and the train station actually closes. 
So I had a four hour gap between my second train and catching my third train to Whitby. Okay, what was I going to do? Well, ding, ding, in my mind, I thought McDonald's. Anywhere you go in the world, there's always a McDonald's and there's always a McDonald's as 24 hours. I'm not going to book myself a hotel for four hours and I probably will only sleep an hour in it anyways. So you know what? I'll just go to McDonald's. I'll sit on my laptop. I'll do some work. I'll do some writing. I'll just drink a lot of coffee and I'll wait for my next train. So I go to leave the train station. I look at my GPS. I'm in this completely, I'm in this town I have never heard of. I'm walking around the streets of this town I've never heard of in somewhere in Northern England. And I'm following GPS to get to this McDonald's. And I'm one, and I'm noticing it's about 2 a.m. at this point in time. I'm noticing okay, the pubs are still open and there is a lot of drunk people around me. Mm, Stephanie, it might not be a good idea to be walking the streets alone by yourself in a town you don't know with drunk people around. Okay, so I walked for about five minutes and then decided mm, it's time to catch a cab. So I grabbed one of the cabs that were outside one of the pubs I knew it'd be easy to catch a cab outside the pub. I jump in. I say, okay, I need you to take me to this McDonald's. No big deal. Takes me to this McDonald's. I sit in McDonald's. And of course, I have the guilty pleasure of ordering McDonald's food because, well, I'm in McDonald's. And who doesn't eat McDonald's food when they're in McDonald's? Drink a lot of coffee. I sit. I do some work. I'm in my groove. And I notice, okay, I should probably get to the train station just a little bit early, you know, I get myself settled, um, not to rush or anything. And I'm thinking about this as in, you know, when you go and catch a plane and you usually want to be at the plane somewhat early to get through customs and to get yourself settled and make sure you're at the gates in time to board the plane. Yeah, taking a train in, in England is not the same. You really only have to be at the train station five minutes before your train comes. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. So I get to the train station. I, I call a cab again. Cab picks me up, takes me to the train station. I'm at the train station about a good 45 minutes early, and I'm thinking, okay, this is plenty of time. This is plenty of time for me to check my tickets in and maybe get a snack and sit down and just kind of like, you know, hang out in the train station a little bit. Yeah, that was not a good idea. The train station was not open. I should have checked the train station times, but I didn't. So the train station was not open. I felt at this point in time, and I'm not even joking, I actually felt like a homeless person at this person at this point in time. I'm I've been up now for you know, however many hours I'm doing an all-nighter just to make my way overnight on the train to Whitby. And I'm sitting outside the train station and I'm sitting on a bench by myself. Everything is closed. It's still somewhat dark out, but I can start to hear the birds chirping. That's how I know it's still that's starting to become early in the morning. And I watch this cop car go by me not once, not twice. But four times they looped around the block. I don't know if they thought that I was homeless 
or if they thought I was stealing something or what. I mean, it felt somewhat secure that the police officers were going around four times, maybe to check on me. I'm not too sure. But all I knew was, okay, I'm outside. What am I going to do for the next 40 minutes before the gates open? I should have stayed in McDonald's a little bit longer, but I didn't. So I get on my phone and I start sending out voice notes to my cousin, to some friends, some catching up on some messages that I needed to catch up on. I figure that's a great way to pass the time. Plus, if anybody approaches me, I'm already on my phone sending voice notes. I could send a quick, hey, I'm in trouble kind of voice note, Um, which didn't occur at, at all, by the way, because England is actually quite safe. And it's only really when you're in the... Uh, troublesome parts of London. That's where you have to worry about it. But I was far from London. So I'm sending these voice notes. I'm sending these messages. Ah, I look at the time. Oh, good. It's about 10 minutes before the station opens. I am going to make my way back to those doors that I need to make my way to. So I made my way to the doors. I'm outside. Doors are still not open. My train comes in 10 minutes. And the doors are not open. Okay, I'm panicking. I need to catch this train. I can't be late. I only have a a limited amount of time in Whitby. I can't be late. This train station is not open. So I'm frantically calling the train station line. I'm frantically calling. I look down the stairs. I I see three teenagers wandering up the stairs. Oh, great. Three teenagers, they're troublesome. What's going to happen? Are they going to try and mug me? There's three of them. Well, I am a school teacher. I have worked in the school system. I have worked with secondary age kids. Stephanie, you got this. You've taught in front of 30 secondary school kids. This is not a big deal. Okay, so I put my teacher game face on and I'm thinking to myself, I'm ready to just, you know, put my game face on so that, you know, these kids don't try and mug me. Because you never know. You never know. You're in another country. You never know. The kids ended up being really nice. I'm on the phone with the train station. They're wondering why the doors aren't open. I'm wondering why the doors aren't open. They're waiting for me to get off the phone for me to reassure them that the doors are going to be open. I guess they saw me as an adult and they figured, okay, this person... You know, they're scared in their own mind too. Why is this train not open? Why is, you know, I need to get home. Get off the phone. Tell the kids, okay, train stations should be open in five minutes. That's what they said. Five minutes later, train station opens. Ugh, thank goodness. That's all that's going through my mind is I get to be on the train. So I get on the train And I know that I have about an hour train ride to get to Whitby. Okay, it is time to take a little bit of a nap because you have all day ahead of you. Yes, you can drink a lot of coffee, but you have all day ahead of you. You need to get some sort of sleep. It's hard. It's hard to try and force yourself to sleep when you know you should be sleeping, but you can't because you're somewhat energized from all the coffee you drank before. The adrenaline of going to a place you've been looking forward to going to so long and knowing that you can't fall asleep on the train forever, that it's only an hour train ride. And so you have to keep yourself 
somewhat alert to make sure you get off at the right train station. So taking a nap wasn't an option anymore. I maybe napped for 15, 20 minutes, and then I'm like, nope, this is making me way too anxious. I'm just going to keep myself up. And that's exactly what I did. An hour goes by, and I finally get to Whitby. The train station says, next station, Whitby. I get off. At this point in time, it's 6.30 in the morning. I have been traveling overnight specifically for this journey. I get out of the train station, and it's so cute and peaceful. There's a couple people around. I almost, a, a part of me felt like Belle in the movie Beauty and the Beast. You know, the small town feel, um, you know, where people are outside kind of doing their own thing, but it's like very, it, it's almost like a everybody knows each other kind of vibe. So I'm walking the streets. There's a couple people out doing their own thing. I walk into this small little coffee place and they greeted me and there were so many regulars that came in and out of this coffee place that I was in for an hour and just watching this happen and unfold in front of me, this really cool feeling of belonging in a place and like you could be yourself. I never once felt like I couldn't be myself around any of these people. And uh, I started talking to this one lady before I met my cousin. I started talking to this one lady. I asked her, you know, I'm supposed to meet my cousin at the hotel in town. Where can I find that? So she directs me where to go. Then she starts talking to me further. And she's like, where is your accent from? You're not from here. And I said, yeah, I'm visiting from Canada, but my family was born here. Her dad walks up, starts joining in, in conversation, and he said, oh, you know, what's your family's last name? And I said, well, my cousin's last name is Turner. Anyways, got into conversation, and he said, oh, are you, you know, do you know a Walter Turner? And I said, well, is he married to Sandra Turner? And I said, and he's like, yeah, I worked with him for 30 years. And I'm like, no way. So in this moment of small town feel, I already, within the first hour of me being in Whitby, I already felt welcomed and I already felt like I belonged. And I couldn't believe that within the first hour, these two people who I'd never met in my entire life, all of a sudden, it's like I knew them, but I didn't know them, but they knew my family, but it felt like I knew them. It was a very interesting dynamic feeling. So I walked out of that cafe with confidence and I went to, you know, where the, where the docks were and took some photos before my cousin picked me up. My cousin picked me up and I felt so welcomed and I knew that this day was going to be full of activity, full of emotions and full of everything that I came here for. Well, the first thing that we did was we went to go pick up some flowers from my grandmother's grave. This was the peak moment. This is exactly what I needed to do 
first thing and the the thing I was looking forward to the most. Yes, I wanted to see my family, but seeing my grandmother's grave was the one thing I wanted to see the most. So we got some flowers. We drove to the cemetery. We started walking through the cemetery and I was in awe when I showed up in the cemetery. It was so beautiful and well-kept in such a nice, nice area of town. It was perfect. We took a little stroll through the cemetery and as we're strolling through the cemetery, my cousin's describing all the people that are around and how he knows all the people on the tombstones and their graves and the families. That's how deep and far into my family history goes into Whitby that they literally know everybody in town and all the major last names. We show up at my grandmother's grave and it was so beautiful with this black marble tombstone and then in on the bottom in front was this nice white plaque with this um saying on it and on the black tombstone was my grandmother's name my two great grandparents and my two great cousins so there was four of them there And we set up the flowers and I looked at my cousin and I said, I just need to do a prayer. And I knelt down on my knees, I closed my eyes, and it was this, all I saw was light. A bright light and a feeling of lightness and a feeling that my grandmother and my auntie, and my auntie's not even buried there, but I felt her presence, I felt the presence of my my auntie Christina and my grandmother that were there and it it was this light it was this bright light as i closed my eyes i could feel it i could feel it in my eyes i could feel it in my body i could feel it around me and as much as i intended on doing this really elaborate prayer it actually became a very simple prayer It was very, very simple, and it was like there was such a bright light and such a bright presence around me that I didn't even need to go into deep prayer, that I just needed to just feel it, and I needed to just be present with that feeling and feel that the presence there is with me and to just trust it. And so I just sat there, and I felt it, and I, my prayer was simple, and it was exactly what it needed to be. And I opened my eyes, and I looked up at my cousin, and I said, I didn't think that I would feel this much emotion as I had tears running down my eyes. I had been waiting for this moment for a long time, and I took some photos, and I... This will be forever a memory in, in, in my life that I will never forget. The feeling, it, it was unlike anything I'd ever felt before. Just a feeling of being in the present moment with the spirit of your family, the history in a town full of history of your family, alongside my cousin whose family. And 
I can't explain any further than that. There's no words to really explain that moment. The rest of my trip in Whitby was amazing. I, my cousin took me to the place that overlooked where my grandparents lit or my great grandparents lived and my grandmother grew up and the place where my grandparents met. And the, of course, the Whitby Abbey, which is absolutely gorgeous. I took so many photos of the Whitby Abbey that's famous, um, absolutely famous. And the next significant moment was, and this was completely unplanned, and I and I had no idea that this would even be a, an option, but my cousin took me to the church that my grandparents got married in, and also that my two cousins got married in as well. We opened the church doors, and this was completely unexpected, but I'm glad I got to experience it. We walked into this church, we sat down in this pier, and I'm looking around at how beautiful this church is, and I am looking at the altar, and all of a sudden tears start coming down my face as I think about the love that my grandparents had for each other and meeting in this town and understanding further my family history and talking with my cousin, spending all day talking with my cousin about family history and their love for each other and seeing this church, seeing the moment or the place where the moment where my grandparents got married and started this whole new generation of family was such a pivotal moment in my own understanding of what I want in my life. And yes, I've been engaged twice and, you know, I've thought about the idea of having family, my own family, and moving into that phase of my life. But this was really a pivotal moment in understanding even further what I want in my life and how important having a faith is and how important marriage is and how important it is that you have family present and that you really cherish the family that you have, but also the family that you've chosen to have and that you're working to have. And so it really got me thinking about family values and further, you know, I've been talking a lot about my historical family, but thinking further as to what my future family would look like. So it was a really pivotal moment and tears streamed down my face knowing that my grandparents had all the best intentions of creating a beautiful family. My cousin to this day, one of my cousins will say it was like their marriage was like a fairy tale. You know, they met, my grandmother was already engaged to be married before and she called up her engagement to get married to my grandfather. And then they left and immigrated to Canada and built this whole life and family together. And then, of course, there's trauma in my family, but I won't dive deep into that on a podcast. Um, but it really was a moment of, of tears to really understand love and commitment and family and values and having a faith 
and a religion and how that plays into building a family. And the rest of my trip was so beautiful. We had some fish and chips. We had some sit-down time and looked through some family photo albums. And I got to climb the 199 steps and take some amazing photos. I took so many amazing photos. But my journey was short. My cousin dropped me off at the train station. And I was ready to go home at this point in time because I'd been so tired from traveling. I almost felt a little bad, bit bad that you know I was so ready to go home, but I was. And... My journey home was all about reflecting, reflecting about who I am as a person, where I come from, family stories, why people are the way they are in my family, a deeper understanding of where I come from, who I want to be, what I want my future family to be like, and what I want my future life to be like, and what's important. There were so many things I reflected on as I took that journey home, that five-hour journey back home on the trains. Although this time it wasn't an adventure like it was on the way there, but it was smooth and it was calming and it was reflecting. It was the perfect journey, even with its ups and downs and it being a short journey, it was the perfect adventure and journey I needed to be on in my life. As we come to the end of this podcast episode, maybe take some time this week ahead to really reflect on your family history, where you come from. You know, what is it about your family history that has made you who you are today? And is there anything about your family history that has really made you think about who you want to become? As always, thank you for turning in, tuning in into this podcast and listening in on my adventure. Your support is so, so appreciated. And I look forward to connecting with you again next Friday. Take care.